Well, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you for another weekly Kingdom Outlook. And let's talk about spiritual warfare. Last week, I told you it was an all-out war, and it's for the very soul of humanity. Um, and there are, they are holding nothing back on, on the left's end to attack everything that is true, whether it be biological sex being your gender, whether it being uh, marriage being from God, what, what, no matter what it is, godly family, the, the, the family unit of a mother, father, and children, they've attacked everything, and they're not going to stop. And I think sometimes the church, um, here's what the church believes. Um, the church believes that, you know, we just have to be good and because the goodness of God leads people to repentance. But in the context of the goodness of God, it's not the goodness of the saints that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God. In other words, if we, if we go to Romans chapter 1, it says they did not retain the goodness of God in their mind. And I don't think Christians sometimes keep things into context. And they, when you pull things out of context, which is perfectly legal to do in a rhema word moment, but they sometimes, listen, they sometimes take that rhema word moment and form doctrine all around it and avoiding all other doctrine. And so it says here that in verse 28, Romans 1, and even that as they did not, like to retain the God in their knowledge, God gave them over to the base mind. And we have to understand that it is our job to remember the goodness of God. And how do people become so evil? I'm often asked. And that's because they meditate on stuff that's evil. Uh, and they med meditate on hurts, wounds, problems. And then they start judging God as he's the author of that. And he's not the author of evil. Remember, it said this. He said to Moses, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to cause, I'm going to pass by you, and, and I'm going to proclaim to you. Now listen to this. Um, let's turn there. Exodus 34 or 33. It's so good. We'll just go to the scriptures on it. He said, So will it be while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you up my hand, I will pass by, then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back. And it says, as the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets, all this. And it says, and the Lord uh, passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for a thousand, for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, the children upon the, uh, children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now, what is the goodness of God? Well, the mercy. He's merciful. He's gracious. This is the goodness of God. What leads people to repentance? When we offer them, not the judgment wrath of hell, but the very goodness of God of mercy, forgiveness, wholeness, sanctification, redemption. That is the goodness of God. That is the good news. The goodness of God is not us rewarding evil with um, trying to appease them with good. In other words, what am I saying? Now, we don't reward evil with evil. But I think sometimes, you know, we take it like, take it like children that if, um, and I had to learn this, by the way, I had to learn this lesson, is that, 
you cannot reward uh, people for evil behaviors. You know, you can be good and you can want to do good all the time, but sometimes you have to go, that's enough's enough. Not be evil, but not reward either. God withholds, believe it or not, from us at times where we're not listening. He does. He doesn't always, This people go, oh, no, no, God. Well, let me ask you, then why does it say in Scripture, if my people who are called by my name will repent and turn from their evil ways and I will heal their land? Why? What's the cause of their land being in problem? Their sins, their iniquity. What does it take? What is God withholding? He's withholding the rain. He's withholding harvest. He's withholding good things from them. Until they come to the awareness that he is good and they have strayed from the truth. And then God, and then we humble ourselves. We repent of our ways and our iniquity. And he heals our land. He gives us the rain in the season. He gives us the abundance of crops. Look, there are times as a father, you cannot reward your kid. Uh, you know, record your children if they're evil. Okay. You know, when you look at, you look at um, Hollywood's kids. It seems that a lot of Hollywood A-listers reward their kids even though they're doing wickedly. It's just true. I wish it wasn't true, but it is true that they just kind of, it seems like no matter what their kids do, their kids have drug problems. They put them in rehab, but they come out and they're still given an allowance of $10,000 a month. And my answer would be no. <laughs> You're not getting $10,000 a month. Um, you can go get a job. And you could straighten out. And if you straighten yourself out, then we'll talk about, you know, what you could have. But you're not getting my Ferrari. You're not, you know what I'm saying? You, you have to sometimes, and God does this all the time. This is found in Hebrews chapter 12, that he does chastise us. And if we receive that chastisement, then we're legitimate sons. All right. We are in a warfare for the soul of humanity. And part of this warfare has come about, or... Part of our problem has come about because the church decided to treat everything like God. There's a statement constantly. God loves you. No matter what you do, God loves you, which is a truth statement. But it is not the complete message of the gospel. The gospel, they did not go. I want you to understand this. They did not go out. The, the apostles did not preach God loves you. That was not their message. That was a message to the church. Their message to the, to the lost was, God is righteous. Jesus is the king only. He suffered and died and was buried and rose again for your sins. And God, through that forgiveness in Christ for our sins, and he replaced us, you must receive Christ and give your life to him to be saved. And God, who is rich in mercy and rich in goodness and long-suffering towards us, go read Stephen's um, preaching from Acts 6 and 7. Go read it, okay, because he explains this. God is no longer winking at us like, we, like he would wink at sin. And it's come down, the gospel actually came down and said, no more. That's what the gospel said. No more. Okay? And so read it. Read read Stephen's preaching. That for some reason, it's 
almost, I think it's like the only sermon outside of Christ that's actually in the New Testament. I mean, it's a long preaching he does. He goes through the history of Israel and their rebellion. But he still goes, God who is, this God who is merciful to us. That's the goodness of God. When you sit there and someone's doing evil and you just go, you know, let's say your kid comes up to you and your kid was bad at school that day. And and your, then your kid goes, well, I want to go to Disney World. You go, okay, because I just want, I want to show them that God loves them. You actually start forging in your kids that there is no consequence for wrong. There is no consequence for me being bad, having bad behavior. And believe it or not, you form this by eight years old, it sticks with them. This is, by the way, by the way, this is why they also want to get sexual perversion and all that other stuff in kindergarten. Because they have to get it in there before eight because they know it sticks. <clears throat> George Soros has a group called um, Sex Before Eight Before It's Too Late. That's the group. That's one of the organizations he funds. And he funds it because they know that by the time you're eight, your behavior is set. Now, we know as Christians... We can be born again. So no matter what our behavior was, we come to Christ in faith. We are a new creation. Old things pass away. But that isn't the world. That's why you have kids who are molested at very young ages end up becoming molesters or 80 plus percent become homosexuals. We're in a war. And that's what last week was about. We're in an all-out war for the soul of humanity. Now... I think many Christians forget this, <laughs> this scripture. I think they quote it, but I think they forget to apply it. And that is, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. That, by, by way, does not mean they're not your enemies. I want you to explain this. Jesus said we have enemies because he told us to love them. We have enemies of the faith. Okay, I want you to understand that the, 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 the concept of we have no enemies, they're just lost. And Jesus didn't say that. You have an actual antichrist doctrine that is denying what Jesus actually said. He told us to love our enemies. He didn't sit there and say, I have no enemies. Jesus has enemies. Okay, Jesus died for them on the cross. That was displaying his love for the enemies. But you know what Jesus does not do? He does not reward his enemies. When they die without Christ, they're going to hell. I, I know that sounds awful. Well, Jesus, no, no. You're, you're forgetting that Jesus has those that oppose him. I think sometimes we live in this utopia in our mind that there aren't actual enemies of the gospel, enemies of the kingdom of Christ. And some of those enemies are within the body. The ones who deny the power and supernatural things of God are actually an enemy blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You know, they, what's funny is when people get healed, I get this question from those who don't believe in healing. I get this question. Well, did you get a medical um, diagnosis. Uh, the fact that they couldn't hear, 
and now can hear me isn't enough for you? Like that isn't enough for you. Or the fact they were blind and now they see. The fact that I prayed for a little boy and he now, the Lord healed him. I didn't even pray a good prayer. The Lord healed him and he was standing next to me healed. I didn't know he was crippled because they were passing him to me. And the pastor freaked out because he had never stood before. He was lame. That's not good enough for you? I'm not the healer. So I think that's the other thing they you see a lot of times as the attack is healer Benny Hinn or we're not the healer. Benny Hinn has never claimed to be the healer. Neither is anyone I know who actually moves in healing power. We're not the healer. Jesus says, we, we understand who's doing the work. We understand the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're the ones. They're the divine, not us. We're not claiming that. But we don't, we don't war against in flesh and blood. So today what I want to give you is somehow you know, how do you have discernment in the spirit? Well, there are harassing spirits that you're going to encounter. You might actually think you went to bed at peace, woke up in a bad mood. You don't know why you're frustrated when you get up. And you might think it's hormones. It's not. Listen, here's what I try to tell people all the time. Learn how to get into the peace of God's presence. And when you encounter something that disrupts that peace or interferes with that peace, 100% of the time, it's a demonic spirit. We don't war against flesh and blood. What is What are we dealing with in a nation? We're dealing with powers. Listen to what it says. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now he tells us the whole armor of God, and, and I'm going to do this on a Sunday morning, uh, actually explain what that is. Okay? But then he says... Listen to what he tells us at the end. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end. What? To this end, being watchful that you do this, that you pray. <laughs> and watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, Paul, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that it in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. L listen. The church lacks biblical kingdom understanding of the importance of intercession. I preached this yesterday. So you can go look at the gate, uh, Facebook, the gate, YouTube, you can download our Gate Subsplash app in the App Store, Gate Church of Jacksonville. Just put that into the app stores and you'll get that app. Do that. Seriously. Okay? Do that. And you'll see my message from yesterday talking about intercession. And here's what I want you to understand. We don't have a biblical understanding of the battle. Here's what we're arguing. We're arguing here. Apologetics is arguing here. It's arguing, it's reasoning, but it's not the power. Look, I don't mind that, by the way. 
I I watch a lot of it because I just think the way they're able to formulate an answer to certain questions is stunning to me, and I love it. But here's what you need for breakthrough. Here's what you and I need for breakthrough. We need proper intercession for the saints and for your leaders, where whoever is your leader of your congregation, you should be daily interceding for them. Paul is asking the church at Ephesus to pray for him so that his speech will be filled with boldness. Why doesn't Paul just pray? Why doesn't Paul just pray? Certainly the apostles certainly should be able to do that. Well, because God has set up the kingdom that it's not a one-man show. God has set up the kingdom that I am reliant on other people for my success in prayer. And that it might just be me speaking, but I might have the hordes of darkness trying to stop me. And without proper intercession for the saints, then our success is limited at best. And I want us to properly understand the importance of it. Not just the how-tos, but the, the weight of it. That when you and I, when we, uh, over a city, over a congregation, over your family, begin to learn to pray and intercede for each other, you have far great, you have tipped the scales into your favor. And you go, well, no, I'm a Christian. Paul's an apostle. He tells him to pray several times. He asked them to pray in Scripture. Pray that an open door may be granted to me. An open door. So when I go to preach, that there might be an open door for me to preach. Intercession is a weapon, is, is our weapon. Now, in intercession, we have, we're look at, in intercession, worship, or not worship, praise is our weapon in intercession. It's one of the tools of intercession. And I want you to really comprehend that in the spirit. There are many things that keep us from the success the church is supposed to have. And that number one problem is intercession. We are not praying. We are criticizing. In other words, what I mean... How many times do you sit there in a church service, you're listening to your pastor, uh, and you're criticizing what he's saying, or you're, you're, you know, you're critical. You're, you didn't like the worship this morning. You didn't. Like, how many times are you critical instead of praying? What if, what if as a congregation you learned to pray for your pastor all week and pray for him while he's preaching? So you might not have any, but what if you pray, Lord? I pray that he has boldness this morning. She has boldness this morning. That's going to upset people. I said, is she? But she, they have boldness this morning to bring the message that you have for us. Um, and that our hearts... I used to I, I used to pray this more. I'm afraid I, I say it. Sometimes I don't. But I used to pray a lot uh, when, I, like when I had to listen to a message. I used to pray a lot. Lord, let my heart be ready to receive this morning. And I would pray for my pastor all the time. I had I told them yesterday that I, I hope I could find it. I don't know if I can real quick. I keep all my old Bibles. Okay? Now I have several different translations and 
and all of that. And the reason I keep my old Bibles is because, um, and I mean, I got a lot of them, is because there are often times that I am, um, that I write in my Bibles. I have encounters, I have random words given to me. I write it right there in the Bible sometimes. And so I can't get rid of that because those are encounter moments. Those are moments that I encountered the Lord. God, I got some old ones in here. I don't know if this one's it. I don't think this one's it. Oh, this is it. This is my first, oh man, this is so old. This is my first Bible I was given, uh, or I, I think I bought. Oh, it was given to my, my brother. How's that special? My brother gave this to me after I got saved. And, um, wow, that's special. And look at the back here. And I've got all these names in here. And I would literally pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray over every single person in here. I did. I prayed for a lot of people in here. I would pray and pray for them. I, I I didn't necessarily know all their needs, but I would pray. And I would say, Lord, bless them today, Lord, whatever they need. And sometimes I'd get I I would stop and I would I would hear from the Lord and I would just pray for that specific thing. And but I, I and this is this Bible is whew, it's brought back a lot of memories just picking it up. I mean, I got stuff marked in here. And sometimes I still go back to my old Bibles and I go, oh, you remember that? Remember that? Yeah. This is an old, like, I keep this stuff. I hope you do too. Um, this was a uh, confession thing that we had. Oh, so good here. So good. So good, so good, so good. And I, I hope that you understand. That intercession needs to be made for the saints all the time. Like literally all the time. And I want you to start learning intercession. Um, I am teaching it on Sundays. Boy, look at that. I've got so many. You know what's neat now is that you can literally sit there with, I have a cord, it's on my phone, and I've got all these Bibles. And what I do over time is I try to put my notes right on there. So my notes are available over time. And I have my notes available because those are encounters. When I'm when I'm in a need situation and the Lord speaks to me through a scripture, whether you know it or not, that's an encounter. I consider that an encounter with God when he speaks to me. And without intercession, we are going to fail. I'm just, I'm sorry. You might not like intercession, but you have to do it. When you realize that your intercession adds to the intercession of others and begins to push back the hordes of darkness, then you have significant understanding of what and how important intercession is for you and I. Amen? Amen. Hey, look, again, you can find me at lewisdcn.com. You can find me uh, at thegatejacks.com. You can download the Gate app. We're on Facebook, so, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, um, and, uh, well, everything. Okay, Rumble and uh, what else? 
got to be something. Oh, that's it, I guess. That's all of them, right? Um, so download it. Hey, like and subscribe. Would you put a comment below? Would you just tell me what you think? And if you have a question, go ahead and do it. I'd love to get back. I'd love to maybe make another video about it. Thank you for watching and uh, let me know. And if you like the if you like the video and subscribe to the channel, that would be excellent. It's a great way to support us in what we do. I'll talk to you later. You have a blessed, blessed week. And uh, may Jesus richly bless you, as always. God bless. Bye-bye.